intends it to be. You know, I didn't know that my vision, number one, first I didn't know it needed correcting to where I needed to drive until that lady said that to me. And really, the only time, the first time I ever thought I might, you know, trying to, everybody trying to read the chalkboard, you know, in junior high, that I can remember trying to see it. I couldn't quite see it clear. And that's when I first got my glasses, but I probably didn't really wear them again until I was 40-something when my eyes changed. But I didn't realize that I wasn't seeing the best that I could. Our son, Chad, that's Patrick, our youngest son. And then he has a brother that's two years older than him. And then we have a daughter that's two years older than him and four years older than Patrick. But uh, I remember when Chad was a little boy, you know, he would sit like, here's the TV and here he'd be right here, you know. (laughs) And um, so he needed glasses. We didn't really, we didn't know it. You know, we just thought he liked to sit close. And um, I remember the first when he went to the eye doctor, you know, we took him. He was probably six, I guess. And and he got glasses. And, um, you know, at first when we kind of talked to him about it, wondering if he, you know, he said he didn't really want glasses. So we didn't make him. <laughs> okay. You know. But there came a time when he, wanted him, when he wanted to check it out when he was young. So we did. And I remember after he got his glasses, he looked down at my daughter's arm. And he said, what are those holes in your arm? And he was seeing pores in her skin. And he was asking, what were those holes in her? There's a good glasses. Huh? His vision was sharp. I don't even think I was seeing that, you know. Yeah, I don't see pores anymore. I'm not going to tell you what I see. But anyway. Uh, but, you know, his vision, you know, he didn't know how clearly he could see. And I didn't know what I needed. Many times we don't know that our spiritual vision needs correction. Until we look through the lens of God's word. That's what shows us how we really need to be viewing something. His lens is his word. It's his truth. It's his way of seeing and doing and being. Remember in Isaiah it says that his thoughts, his ways, they're higher than ours. And so we need to see as God sees. And um, I know the Lord wants this to be the best year yet, the best year ever. So I thought we would just allow him to give us a fresh vision exam through his word. And if there's any correction to our vision that needs to take place, that we would just allow him to do that and make that correction. It's not just a one-time thing. And I've just picked a few things that God kind of speaks to me. Because, you know, to me, you know, we sing uh, in Amazing Grace, I once was blind, but now I see. And... Sometimes we don't know how blind we can be, and we think we're so right, or we think we're so whatever we think we are. And, uh, you know, just the beauty of God's Word, just how it illuminates and brings life and truth to us and help and healing and and everything that we need. Um, You know, 2 Timothy 3.16 in the Amplified Bible says this, Familiar scripture. Every scripture is God-breathed, given by his inspiration, and it's profitable for instruction, for reproof and conviction of sin, for correction of error and discipline and obedience, and for training in righteousness, in holy living, in conformity to God's will, in thought, purpose, and action. That's a lot. God's word does that. 
When we look through the lens of his word, you know, it begins to help us to conform to him, not only in our actions, but in our thoughts, in our very purposes. It says it like this. Oh, let me finish in verse 17. It says that God's word does this, and it says it's so that the man of God, the woman of God, the child of God may be complete and proficient, well-fitted and thoroughly equipped for every good work. That's what God's word does for us. People that think they can do, well, I don't need to read my Bible. Well, you know, you don't have to be uh, just under the gun to read it. But look what it does for us. When we read it, it, it opens us to what God is doing and what he wants to say and what he wants to, to do in our lives. In the, in the Passion Translation, it says it like this. Every scripture has been inspired by the Holy Spirit, the breath of God. It will empower you by its instruction and correction, giving you the strength to take the right direction. So you not only read it and see, but then it supplies the strength to you to do what it's showing you. It provides you with everything you need. And then it also gives you what you need. The strength to lead you to a deeper, lead you deeper into the path of godliness. You know, when we get saved, it's not to live for ourselves. We've been purchased. We've been purchased by the blood of the Lamb. The Bible says you're not your own. We've been bought with a price. Yes, we've been set free, but we're free in Him. And we belong to Him and we live for Him. He's our Savior. And that's who we live for and in. And it's in him that we live and move and have our being. We don't live unto ourselves. We've already done that. That's when we lived with the devil and for him. Of course, we didn't know it. We just thought it was us. But, you know, it's one or the other. It's either God or the devil. But it's no middle ground. It's not God, you, and the devil. It's God and you. Or it's the devil and you. But you don't get to separate yourself out from that. You belong to one or the other. It's the way it is. And when you receive Jesus, you belong to God. But until you do, guess who you belong to? I know. Nobody wants to hear that, but it's, it's, that's the way it is. But this is what the Word of God does. It's been inspired by the Holy Spirit, and it empowers you by its instruction and correction, and it gives you the strength to take the right direction. People say, well, I just can't. That's not what this says. Well, I just can't. That tells me that you're not allowing the word to come in and to strengthen you and to instruct you and to give you what you need and to lead you deeper into the path of godliness. In verse 17, it says, then you will be God's servant, fully mature and perfectly prepared to fulfill any assignment God gives you. You know, God's got things for us to do. He's got something in each of our lives and not just one thing, but every day he has purpose. I believe there's, there's present purpose and future purpose for us. And God wants to show us that. And a lot of times he shows it to us through his word. We see from 2 Timothy 3.16 that God's word will help us by correcting us. Just like lenses do. They help us. They help us to see clearly. They instruct us. It empowers us. His word does. It strengthens us to take the right direction. To live a godly life. To go in the direction God's going in. If we aren't seeing clearly 
then we won't be able to take the right direction. Oh, we think we will. You know how the Bible says that the people, when they wanted Saul as king, the Bible says that they, people, were doing what was right in their own eyes. And many times we're doing what is right in our own eyes when we haven't taken the time to put the lens of the word up to our spiritual eyes to see through. You know, um, God's word corrects our vision. It helps us to walk in victory and the freedom that he's purchased for us. You know, people struggle and say, let God minister to you through his word. The Bible says of itself that his word is alive and active and full of power. God's word is full of power. It said that I found his words and I ate them, but they weren't a trifle to me, but they were life to me. His word is life to us, and we eat them, we take them in, and they produce. It's the incorruptible seed of the word of God, and it produces life in us. It produces healing in us. It produces provision in our lives, protection, whatever it is. But we take it in. He's Jesus is the word manifest in the flesh, made flesh. He's the word. And... It's just so much. You know, there's many lenses that we could look through tonight (laughs) in the Word. There's so many things you could pull and you could look and you say, oh, you know. But I'm just going to talk about the ones that God's spoken to me about. You know, um, as we read these scriptures, our heavenly eye physician will be saying to us, can you see better with this or with this? (laughs) You know, look better this way or this way. Is your vision better seeing through these verses or the flesh, you know. Is your path and direction more clear seeing through this or the way you were seeing it before or the way you thought it should be or what your attitude was or just the different things that we get into. You know, to me the enemy is always just trying to pull us off course, pull us off of God's direction, get us um, weighed down. You know, in Hebrews, it talks about throwing off those weights, those sins, those things that weigh us down, that so easily beset us, and to run our race. But the enemy wants to get us off. He wants to distract us. He wants to cloud our vision. He wants us to think we're going in the right direction. Oh, my goodness. We, we went to Massachusetts with uh, Missy and Ronnie Dirks. And, uh, you know, we have GPS thing in the car. And one day we start out... And we're, we're going to Boston, but, and we think we're going in the right direction, and we were, in a sense, but we were going, what Ronnie didn't realize on his GPS, it was set to avoid interstates. Is that right? Is that how it was set? His GPS was set. Uh, we got into the hills of Massachusetts where we were losing uh, GPS service. And, you know, we think we're all, we're all set out. We're all excited. Oh, it's only going to take us a few hours. We're going to get there. It took us more than a few hours. And uh, it was beautiful. We saw some beautiful sights. But we were not going the direction we thought or the direction that, we, that would have been the best way to get there. We could get there, but we were taking a harder route because we didn't know we were going the wrong. Our vision wasn't what it should have been, what it needed to be. 
And, um, you know, we can be going a direction in our lives or walking in an attitude or just doing what we think is right. And then you can read the Word, read your Bible, or read a devotional with Scripture in it, and your whole vision will change. You'll, you'll see things differently. I, I've done that. I cannot tell you how many times that it will just illuminate maybe a truth that maybe, maybe deep inside I was feeling unloved or, you know, nothing you voice to yourself exactly. But God knows your hearts. He knows what you feel, what you think in your innermost being. And just one word from him heals that, encourages that, brings that to a better place. And sometimes you don't even know you needed it till you look through the lens of God's word. You know, he wants to do that for you every day. Just to minister healing and life and hope and encouragement to you through his word. And I tell you... uh, there are nuggets throughout his word, gold nuggets throughout his word that if you dig and you read. And I always say this, read the word slow. Don't just see how many pages you can cram down your brain. You want to get it into your heart. You want to get it inside of you where you, when you come away, you just write it down. You say, God spoke this to me today. This ministered life and help to me today. Or maybe it was an encouragement to you about a loved one. You know, God wants to do that by you picking up his lens and letting you see the way he sees and what he sees for you. You know, uh, we're reminded through the corrective lens of God's word that we haven't been seeing as clearly as we think. So I want to pull out some corrective lenses of the word tonight just a few and allow the lord to give us a vision exam because he wants us to have 2020 vision in 2020 i looked up what 2020 meant i thought what does that mean anyway and i thought is that what they do but anyway 2020 is good vision it's just kind of a scale of seeing something at a distance of 20 feet but i guess it's good vision but anyway he wants us to see clearly all that he has for us and all that he wants to do in our lives and for our lives. And, you know, I want us to read from Ephesians chapter 1, verses 17 and 18 in the Message Bible because we need to make it our prayer. Paul made it his prayer, and I want to read it to us. In the Message Bible, Ephesians 1, verse 17 says, I ask the God of our Master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent. Amen. And discerning in knowing him personally, your eyes focused and clear so that you can see exactly what it is he is calling you to do. So that you can grasp the immensity of his glorious way of life. Do you know he has a glorious way of life for you? And it's not, it's, um, how do I say this? And his glorious way of life doesn't always mean you got a million dollars. He has a glorious way of life where, as Paul says, he knows how to abound and he knows how to live abased. But Paul knew the glorious life that God had, and it wasn't based on external circumstances. 
They're good. I like to abound. I like it better than abasing. But you know what? You've got to learn to get the strength from God, whether you're abounding or abasing. Because in life, as Alan said, nothing's perfect. But he promises to bring us through and that he'll be with us and he'll take us and he'll be what we need him to be no matter what's happening. And so we can have joy in the midst of it all. So he wants us to know in Ephesians chapter 117 this glorious way of life that he has for his followers. Oh, the utter extravagance of his work in us. He wants you to know that. Those that trust him, he's doing an extravagant work. It says endless energy and boundless strength. You know what? You need to thank God. Lord, I thank you. You give me endless energy and boundless strength. That's what Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17. Don't say, oh, I don't know if I can make it. I am so tired. I am worn completely out. You need to say, Lord, according to Ephesians 1 17, you give me endless energy and boundless strength. And it's not up to you to work that out. He provides it. He's our strength. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He wants to make our eyes focused and clear, this scripture says, so that we can see exactly what he's calling us to do and exactly what he's done in us. And you know what? We will know this by the revelation of his spirit and his word. When we put on the lens, we'll know. So I want us... Again, to allow the Lord to check our vision through the lens of scriptures in some areas. So I kind of broke it down in this. I don't know. I was thinking about it. You know, nearsightedness and farsightedness and astigmatism. And so I just want to talk about this. But in light of scripture, if you're nearsighted, that means you can't see far away clearly. That means if you're nearsighted, you see what's up close clearly. And you don't see far away. Clearly, And so, like I said, only what is close up is clear in your vision when you're nearsighted. So, if you looked at it this way, you could think that only what you taste or smell or touch or feel or hear, that's what you see clearly. But the eyes of faith have to be able to see past where we are right now, past what it looks like, what circumstances say right now. Past what your body says right now. Past what it looks like. Past what your kids are doing right now or what your family's doing or your spouse. When you got, if you're nearsighted, you can only see what it looks like and what circumstances or symptoms say it is right now if you're nearsighted. But if you'll put on the corrective lens of the Lord, he'll help you to see past and he'll correct your nearsighted vision. Think about Abraham. The enemy wanted him to be nearsighted, only seeing the condition of his body, which was as good as dead, the Bible says, and Sarah's body. But God put those corrective lenses of faith on him and of his promise to him. And Abraham's spiritual eyes came alive with faith. He could see far past the present into the future, and he could see his promise of being made a father of many nations, even though his body in the natural could not produce children. But he had to be not be nearsighted. He had to put on the lens of God's promise 
his word to him, when he had him look up at the stars and count them and, ha- and the grains of the sand of the sea. He, he had to look at that and see past what he could just see right here. He couldn't be nearsighted. And we can't either. We've got to allow the corrective lens of God to give us faith vision and to stretch us out past what's just right here. God's word, his promises will correct any nearsightedness that we have. You know, David couldn't be nearsighted when he saw Goliath. When he saw him right up there in front of him, you know, if David was just nearsighted, he would never have stepped out to take Goliath. He had to see past the stature of Goliath. He had to see past his threats. And he had to see to the greatness of his covenant-keeping God. He couldn't be nearsighted, and near can, neither can we. We can't just see what's right here. You know, um, I, I read out of Psalm 59 on Sunday, and I was telling you that it was when uh, Saul had sent his men to David's house and surrounded, trying to get him to kill him. And David knows it and can see it. But, you know, in 6 verses 16 and 17, David began to exalt the Lord and say, But you're my protector. You're my high tower. You're my fortress. You know, David couldn't be nearsighted and just see those men just right outside trying to kill him. You know, he had to look unto God and he began to declare who God was. You know, those men were still outside. He had to look past what he could see. And farsighted. We can't just be farsighted. Farsighted means... That you, what you see clearly is far away. But what's up close isn't clear to you. So if you're farsighted, your clarity is way out there. And I thought about it this way. I thought of being spiritually farsighted. And when we are, I think of times when we're focused on past failures. Are we saying the song, How He Loves Us? I don't have time for these regrets. But the enemy wants us to focus on regrets and things that are in the past, and for he wants us to see clearly the stuff that's mistakes and problems and junk that we've done, sometimes willingly, sometimes unwillingly, sometimes knowingly, sometimes unknowingly. But he wants us to focus on that and be farsighted and that be what's clear to us and only see that and just get bogged down with it. The enemy just wants to bog us down and get us off course, and he sure doesn't want us to be able to pick the right direction through seeing what God sees. Or he wants us just to keep focused on what we used to be and who we used to be and just never able to just let that go. And But God wants to give us his corrective lenses to help us to see clearly the way that he sees us and what God sees. Romans 8 verse 1 in the message says, Those who enter into Christ being, who enter into Christ being here for us, no longer have to live under a continuous, low-lying black cloud. This is in the Message Bible, Romans 8.1. Those of us, and that's you if you've received Jesus as your Savior, who enter into Christ being here for us, you don't have to live under a continuous, low-lying black cloud. That's what the enemy wants you to live under. He wants you to look far back at that old black cloud and just He wants that thing just to smother you. But you know, we're not going to be farsighted because we're putting on the corrective lenses of the Lord. 
It goes on to say in Romans 8, 1 in the message, a new power is in operation. You need to declare that in your life. A new power is in operation in you. The spirit of life in Christ, like a strong wind, has magnificently cleared the air. Your air's been cleared. God's cleared it. Don't let the devil try to bring some smog in your life. (laughs) That strong wind has cleared the air, freeing you from a faded life of brutal tyranny, that of the enemy, at the hands of sin and death. God has cleared the air. You don't have to live under that dark cloud of yesteryear, of far away, far side, far back. The enemy wants you to keep a clear picture of that. He wants your eyes on that. But God says, let me correct that. You know, let me, let me correct that. Let me, let me let you see what you need to see. You need to see that you're in me. And you need to see that a new power is in operation in you now. And the blood has made you clean. That you're as righteous as Jesus because of the blood of the Lamb. 2 Corinthians 5.17 in the CEV Bible version says, Anyone who belongs to Christ is a new person. The past is forgotten and everything is new. You're going to have to decide to walk in that. You'll have to decide to choose. Is it better with these lenses or is it better looking at that junk? Why don't we receive the truth of what God says about us? Put that on. And look through that. And when the enemy tries to make you far side again, whoop it out. Nope, i got to put my glasses on. Where are my glasses? How many of y'all have said that? Where are my glasses? I used to have these glasses that had just like little skinny silver things right here and right here. And then there's no frame around them. When I'd lay those babies down... You know, I could see them. I think I'm fine. You know, if I lay them on my bed, you know, like the whole bed spreads that's coming through. I'm just saying. So you need to say that. When the enemy's trying to torment you, I want you to say, where are my glasses? Where are my glasses? <laughs> Your corrective lens. Get them on. Put them on. And let God show you who you are, who he is. Who those are around you. We're going to get into a couple of more things here. It's almost time. God wants to correct our vision. Everything's new. Second Corinthians five fifteen. Anyone who belongs to Christ is a new person. You know, these verses correct our vision, our farsightedness when we see ourselves through them. The enemy wants us to see ourselves as we used to be. But God wants to correct that through the lens of his word. Now, astigmatism. I wrote this. I looked up the definitions. I'm not an eye doctor, so I didn't know all these definitions. I looked them up. And astigmatism, I just said, because it fit what I want to say to you, it causes distorted vision. I have an whatever that thing's called, astigmatism. Whatever it is, and my kids used to they put my glasses on, they go, whoa. You know? <laughs> so I don't know. I guess it distorted their vision putting my glasses on. But um, God wants to correct our distorted vision of him. The enemy wants to distort our vision of him, of ourselves, of others, of circumstances. When we see through eyes of grumbling and murmuring and complaining, our vision will be distorted. 
our view of everything will be distorted. And the enemy just wants to get us off into that. You know, I add into it, he wants to get us offended. He wants to plant junk into your mind. Oh, well, they didn't. Oh, did you see? Well, they That will distort your vision. He just tries to get you to take his bait and get you offended, get you mad at somebody, get you separated out, get you divided, get you going with an attitude or just upset. I'm just upset. It will distort your vision. And I know things upset us, but you need to get your glasses on. You better get them on and get that off. You know, you don't, you don't want to walk around in that. You're going to run into stuff. You're going to run into something. Something's going to run over you. You're going to be out in the street. Something's coming. I'm just saying, the devil's going to mow you down. You better get your glasses on. I'm just saying. Our vision is distorted when we're grumbling and murmuring, complaining, or or allowing the enemy just to get us mad at everything or get us just touchy. You know, you know everything bothers us. Love chapter says, love is not touchy, fretful, or resentful. You know, you need to put on the love lenses of the love chapter, chapter 13, 1 Corinthians. Chapter 13, put them on and, and see yourself, see others. See God through those lenses. It's His love in you. But when we do that, when we when we see through those eyes of all of that stuff, everything will be distorted. You know the Israelites, speaking of murmurers, speaking of other murmurers besides some of us sometimes, <laughs> you know, they just murmur. God, throw them out some manna. Throw them out some, what did he throw out? What were those birds? And quail? Where were they? Wasn't it quail? No, quail. I threw out quail. I thought, who was that bird? You know, I mean, what do you want me? He's so gripey. He's delivering them from making all those bricks, and all they can do is gripe. Parted the Red Sea, saved your lives. My gosh. And they start looking back. Oh, we like those leeks over there in Egypt. A leek. I would have missed the onions, I will say, and the garlic, but anyway, it's okay. They could have it. But the point is they murmured and murmured and murmured. And you know what happened? It distorted their vision. They couldn't see what God was doing, couldn't appreciate what God was doing, couldn't be thankful for what God was doing, couldn't follow their leader. They thought they knew better. That'll do it. It'll start your vision. You'll know better. You'll know better than anybody. Anybody been there? Know better than anybody? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes you think you know better than God, don't you? I'm sounding like Alan tonight. What is it? <laughs> Just saying, you know? I mean, it, that's what it does. We think, well, Linda, when does it hurt? It hurts you. It hurts you. Guess what? And then it hurts the ones around you. And it hurts your life. When we just persist in this stuff that's not from God. And God doesn't condemn us. We're not under that low-lying black cow anymore. But he, you ain't got no victory, I'll tell you. You just, anyway. So, the Israelites murmured and complained. It distorted their vision. And you know what? Those that were 20 years old and older kept them from entering the promised land. They all died in the wilderness. God said, okay. (laughs) You like it over here so much, you're going to stay. You know? And then the Jews murmured and found fault and grumbled about Jesus, didn't they? He healed and healed and provided and healed and 
multiplied and healed and raised the dead. And they murmured and complained and found fault. I mean, he'd say, unless you eat my flesh, what? This day, this was fulfilled in the year. What? And they're missing the Messiah they're looking for. Their vision is distorted and they can't see it. What's distorting it? Murmuring, complaining, fault finding. Not everybody Ananias, oh, wait, Simeon and, uh, and uh, what was their name? Gosh. Anyway, I almost said Ananias Fire. Not really. They, they, they chose a bad way. But anyway, Simeon, he knew. He knew. He wasn't like the others. He wasn't murmuring, complaining. He knew when Messiah came. Nicodemus wanted to know. Not everybody murmurs and complains, but this group a big portion murmured and complained. And you know what? They missed seeing their Messiah and they crucified him. Philippians 2.14 says to do all things without grumbling and fault finding and complaining. You know why? Because the Lord knows it's going to distort our vision. It's going to keep us from going where he wants us to go in that glorious path that he has for us. And it'll distort our vision of others and of God. And it'll hinder us from being able to take the right direction. We need to put on the correct the corrective lens of thankfulness, of gratefulness, of trust. Of just saying, God, you're God, I'm not. I don't have all the answers. I don't know. I don't know the way. I humble myself. Put on the corrective lens of humility. With others, sometimes we just think we know so much about what everybody else should do or be doing or how they should be. You know, we guess what? We're not their Holy Spirit. We're not God. And what you think you know may not be totally correct. Put your glasses on and see what God says. He may just say, uh, you need to pray. You need to pray for them and do something nice for them instead of, Colossians 3.15 says to be thankful, appreciative, and giving praise to God always. That's what he tells us to do. Why? Clears your vision up. Corrects your vision. Their corrective lens. It helps you see what you need to see. First Thessalonians 5.18 says to thank God in everything, no matter what the circumstances may be. Be thankful and give thanks, for this is the will of God for you who are in Christ Jesus. He's the revealer. He's the mediator of that will. It opens our eyes to see as he sees. And when we see as he sees, guess what? We're going to go where he's going. We're going to be able to follow him. We're going to be able to know what he knows. We're going to, you know, it cleans our ears out too. Hey, we hear and we see and we know what he wants. Thankfulness will correct distorted vision. God has a remedy, a cure for nearsightedness, farsightedness, stigmatism in our spiritual vision. He wants to give us 20-20 vision in 2020 in our lives every day. So I want to encourage you to go for a regular eye exam with the Lord to put on these lenses and let him check your vision to see. Are you seeing as clearly as you think you are? Are you seeing what he wants you to see? 
Are you telling him how you're going to see? I'm not going to wear those glasses. You know? <laughs> I know when that lady told me, you got to wear them. I thought, I don't want to. <laughs> anyway, but allow him to give you a regular checkup, like daily. How about that? Through those corrective lens. Because just think if you did it daily, then you'll just see clearly every day. You can do it multiple times during the day. Hey, you don't just have to read the word once. The morning, evening, noon. <laughs> Bible says when you, when you talk about him, when you get up in the morning, when you walk by the way, you go in the evening. Just talking and letting him speak to you. It's, it's just a beautiful way of life. It's not a have to or hard thing. It's just he wants to talk to you. It's his love letter to you. He wants to clear up your vision and show you that good path that he has for you. He wants to give you clear vision of who he is. Because the enemy, you know, crummy stuff starts happening that the enemy's doing. The enemy will start telling you God's doing it. But see, that you, then you need to read that God is good, that he is faithful, that he'll never leave you or forsake you, that he'll bring you through, that he'll make a way where there seems to be no way. See, you need a corrective lens. Because the enemy's going to tell you God's doing it and he doesn't care about you. But see, you have to put it in, correct up, pull down those lies. And then that you'll see yourself clearly, that you're a new creation in Christ. He'll try to condemn you, but no, nope. got new power and operation in here. And then it'll clear up how you see others. You know, we are all created in the image of God. We're to know each other after the Lord in each of us to know Christ and Him crucified among ourselves. That's that's what we're to know and how we're to see. And the only thing that I know that corrects that and gets that in line and gets our vision the way it should be is God's Word to look through that. We can think a lot of thoughts and, you know, man has a lot of good words and people say a lot of, you know, great things, you know, good speeches and stuff. But I don't know of anything that changes and transforms our lives but the word of God it's alive and it's active and it's full of power and God says that he hearkens to his word his angels hearken it they watch over it to perform it God watches over his word to perform it in you and in your life so Father we thank you tonight for 2020 vision in 2020 Lord I thank you for your corrective lenses that it corrects what needs correct? You know, Lord, we don't have to decide what needs correcting. And it's, it's a beautiful thing because, Father, whenever you correct, it brings joy and peace and love and hope and strength and power. It lifts us. Your word, correction, lifts us into your presence and your glory. And it sets us free and it sets others free. And so, Father, we thank you. We thank you that you love us enough to write your word down, that it can, it can do in us and through us and for us what you intend. And we thank you in Jesus' name.